Welcome to the Sailing Into Oblivion podcast. I'm your host, Jerome Rand. Welcome to the show, everybody. So today's episode is a two-parter, and it is from December 1st, just before the last bit of heavy weather on the trip, and then I think December 4th, so just after. Uh, So you get a little bit of a a retelling of of what it was like out there during that last bit of... uh, of ugly weather and uh, coupled with the exhaustion of not being able to sleep because I didn't have the AIS and also was a little rattled, uh, a little shell-shocked, if you will, from from what I had been going through on the pretty much on the whole trip. So hopefully you guys enjoy this. There's only one more episode uh, from Out at Sea after this one, and then it'll be all wrapped up and we'll try and get back into some other stuff uh, and some more hopefully good interviews. And yeah, so before we start, like I always say, if you want to support the podcast, you can head over to Patreon, follow the link in the description, and join the 41-member crew of the Mighty Sparrows Patreon family, which all of you are just absolutely wonderful keeping this whole thing going. Uh, if you want to reach out to the show, you can head over to sailingintooblivion.com, follow the podcast link, and click on contact the show. Other than that, uh, yeah, we've got the three shirts out there, and those are for sale. The link is in the description as well. And uh, yeah, thank you all so much for listening and the continued support. A lot of good videos are going up on YouTube uh, from this last voyage, so if you're really into it, uh, have a have a look over there. And I put a playlist together uh, called My Most Current Voyage. Uh, pretty obvious, I suppose. Other than that, thanks again for listening, and here we go. hey we are live. Oh, Lordy McLord and Stein. Oh, jeez. Well, today is December 1st, um, so one of my pre-programmed podcasts had, had come out yesterday, I guess. That's pretty cool. Happy birthday, bro. The big 4-2, I believe, if I'm not incorrect, but uh, uh, yeah, so it's, uh, oh, I got to shut that portal. Frustration. That's all it's about right now. Frustration and the lovely lessons that sailing teaches us about patience. Ah, yes. Nothing better than that. Such a virtuous thing to know and practice. I, we, so, yesterday it blew pretty pretty decent but it started to die off but the seas just kicked up nothing big just real choppy real sloppy from every direction so we had head seas were slowing us down and then we had you know the side ones that essentially and this i you know i'm gonna gripe a little bit i'm just gonna i gotta i gotta vent it out so if that's not the sort of thing you want to hear about Flash forward, go to the next one. <laughs> uh, and and yeah, so and then, you know, we've got a bunch of sail up just trying to 
grip the wind because you know when the boat's getting tossed around enough the mast is swaying so much and there isn't enough wind to hold it you can put all the canvas you want up in the air and you're not going to be able to hold on to the breeze and so there's a lot of mainsail slamming and jib slamming and staysail slamming and all that i mean we made we made some pretty decent miles but we this this whole trip we haven't made jack in miles because nothing's nothing has lasted more than like 18 hours except for uh except for the the near gale in the gulf stream everything has just been short-lived you know, it's either blowing 30 or it's blowing nothing. And so it's kind of like, uh, or no, I shouldn't say that. The one, the one really good day we had, but you know, even that, as far as a 24 hour section, you know, we're becalmed the night before we started steaming really hard south for that fun day of sailing. And, uh, yeah, I, it's just, it ain't the trade winds it's the variables you know get your get your head out of your ass jerome (laughs) oh boy but you know today so last night last night we eventually the winds just died completely so it took all, all the sails down and we still had you know decent little swell running out there but i'm not listening to the slatting of sales it's just that's not happening i i i refuse to do that and uh so especially with these heavy heavy duty sales so take it all down and we rock and we roll and we tip and we canter <laughs> just listen to the everything shifting around this boat oh my goodness the noise levels are insane but i the worst one is coming from right next to the nav station and it's there's something there's this handhold that's somehow affixed to the cabin trunk and the deck and it's been popping like joinery that's rubbing against each other and just pop 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 and it, you probably could hear it on the last podcast that I did every once in a while I'm like two seconds away from just ripping this handrail out completely. Um, you know, you're, it's, it's like you're staring at this, this, this wall of the boat and this handrail and stuff. And it's making this noise every time the boat tweaks a little bit and you just can't, there's nothing you can do about it. And I've tried so many different things short of unscrewing the handrail and then taking a hammer and bashing this thing off here. But, you know, I don't want to do that because a lot of the stuff, there's a lot of bulkheads that are, you know, the fiberglass that was on them that are sort of joining them together. That's all cracked. Assuming that was from the knockdown. Um, There's a lot of loose stuff on the boat right now that I'm sort of thinking, you know, I'm probably going to have to get this boat back and uh completely take everything out of it and just go to town with a grinder and a bunch of fiberglass and re-glass all these bulkheads in um geez i mean we just took a hit big hit Ugh, 
But in any event, yeah, I mean that noise it's just so frustrating. Even when it's even when it's not windier and there's not a lot of strain on the boil, it was still doing it. And man. Oh, you're just trying to sleep and you're hearing this very loud popping. I, you know, I've listened to little groans and little pops and things like that on this boat ever since I've owned it. But this was just a whole different level of annoyance. And uh, it's like torture in a lot of ways because you're you're sort of sitting there and it just keeps doing it. And you're just like, oh, I'm just trying to sleep. <laughs> So I don't know. And I need to be able to get my sleep, especially now that, you know, I don't have the AIS and stuff. It's uh, it's a little harder to sleep for longer periods of time. And as we get closer, the traffic's going to get worse. I'm not looking forward to that. But I put a radar reflector up into the rigging. So at least, I mean, you know, these big ships out there, they've all got radar. And they're there's gonna you know they're gonna ping a target and with that radar reflector i should be pretty pretty well safe um i'm just keeping the vhf radio on that allows me to see any targets that are out there i have to do the calculations because there's no there's no gps coordinates for my position going into that thing um so yeah, but that's pretty easy. Um, and yeah, I don't know, but it's just light wind. So we, you know, uh, wake up this morning and standing around in the, the dawn and nothing. And then the winds kind of pick up a little. So we set sail and we've been we've been sailing really, really slow, like two knots all day. Um, but it's one of those things. I don't have enough fuel to just motor. I need to save I, I'm saving my fuel for motoring if needed from, you know, across the Gulf Stream and then uh, all the way up the river into Buford or wherever wherever else I end up pulling in. I mean, if, if the winds and everything send me just north of the Bahamas straight to like the, the northern edge of Florida and Georgia, I'm going in there. Uh, I'll go in find a marina and uh get fuel and all that stuff and then work my way up to to uh Buford. I, I you know, it's just it's ridiculous. It's uh there's no reason to stay offshore trying to claw my way up there when I can just at least get to the intercoastal and you know, the engine's running great. Um you know, it'd be nice to have a second person on board for sure for for that sort of travel because you're you have to pay attention so much, but you know, whatever, I, I'll figure it out. Um, oh, just frustration. I, all I want is like decent wind. If I had like, just looking at this chart and from my position where I am now on the last trip that I did, it would have been five days and they were, and I just blasted straight back there and I just was in the trades and I'm not in the trades. There's no trade winds or anything. It's all variables right now. And we, we've got this wind coming in tonight by midnight tonight. It's going to be blowing 25, um, out of the North. And then it's going to slowly clock around to the Northeast and then be pretty much out of the East. 
and I'm going to have to take advantage of every last drop of that wind because after that huge high pressure line all the way from Cape Canaveral all, all way out here and it's going to be like that for days. So I've got to get as far west as possible in the next couple of days and while the wind is still there and then it's going to be just hopefully hopefully it's going to be one of those situations where the swell and everything die off and even if it's only blowing five knots i can still with every stitch of canvas up there i can still make way and then i can just keep plugging away even if i'm only doing like 60 miles uh every 24 hours that's still that's that's not bad and then get to a point where i can just use the uh use the engine and stuff but Oh, I don't know. My hope, my hope is that as this high pressure system kind of moves out into the Atlantic, then we'll we'll get some southerlies um, for a couple of days, and those will take me right up there. But you know, for for now, big big part of it is just worrying about the traffic. I don't like being out here without an AIS. It's not uh, it's not fun at all. Um, the radar reflector definitely gives me a little bit more confidence for sure to just go to sleep for a little bit, but. Pretty much, it's one of those things where if I, I fall asleep, if I wake up 30 minutes later, I get up and I, I take a look around. But even then, statistically, that's it's way too late. You know, it's it's only 15 minutes or so for one of those ships to eat up the horizon and come barreling right over you. So I don't know. It's I try and put it out of my head because you know it's it's um, it's one of those fears that. Uh, yes, it's a reality, but it's it's pretty rare chance that that's going to happen. Um, but at the same time, I don't know. It's just get it in your head while you're you're sitting there in your bunk, and you're like, oh man, I could get run down. There could have been a ship just steaming right over. Uh, <laughs> sort of like, oh man, what do I do? What do I do? But I figure, you know, I'll keep the VHF on. I got the radar reflector. Um, you know. Hopefully they're paying attention. Hopefully their their radars have alarms on them. Uh, I would assume they do, but I don't know. I've never been on board one of those ships. So, I don't know. Other than that, we're just plugging away. It does feel great to have the Dodger back. Um, probably going to have to lash that sucker down for this next little blow. I might not, though. I uh, might just see how, see how she does. Uh, we can see how these waves and everything kick up in this one it's going to be kind of interesting um the the real brunt of it comes saturday in the morning so that'll be nice because it'll be light you know if i get in these conditions where the waves aren't breaking severely and all that sort of stuff then i'll hopefully be all broad reach and that'll get me a bit more north but <clears throat> i don't know i just want to uh i <laughs> just I just want to not be a injured vessel anymore. <laughs> That's all I want. That's going to be a great day. Oh, geez. I get the arch back and get some new solar panels on there. And then, oh, Lord. I mean, you know, who knows, man? I'll do a different solar panel setup. Nah, you know, I was thinking about it today. I was like, you know basically sailed almost a hundred thousand miles with this boat and in that hundred thousand miles how many waves do you think i've seen breaking waves million something like that 
So that that wave was really just like one in a million chance that it just hit me just right to be able to pick me up, tip me over, and slam dunk me down. So I don't know. I I, I thought we were pretty bulletproof for sure, but uh, obviously that was a bit of a weak point. But I think if if no matter how you situate your boat, uh, you get hit by a wave like that, then that's just you're you're gonna stuff's gonna break like there's no there's no dodger that can handle that there's no spray skirts although with the spray skirts i did think you know and this is something i thought about a long time ago and i never enacted it and i wish i had because you know i've got a bent stanchion up there um the canvas of these is like eight years old or something so it's it's not very strong uh as far as like how tough it is, but I always thought maybe I should do a Velcro strip right in the middle, like a cutaway, like a big plus sign, so that if a wave ever did hit the spray skirt, it would just blow apart the Velcro, the thing would open, the water could come through, stanchions, everything else, all good, intact. And I never did it, and I'm kind of kicking myself now because uh, I don't know if that would have changed anything or not. You know, I, I don't want to sit here and do what-ifs by any means, but uh, I don't know. I, I think when I when I get this thing rebuilt and stuff, new spray skirts that I make, I'm definitely going to have them be breakaway, quote-unquote, where there's Velcro holding the centers, and if per chance uh you know solid object hits or a wave hits then it will just split right open so that the the brute force doesn't you know because i don't know <sighs> i'm just so frustrated and i you know earlier today the winds start picking up a little bit I had full canvas up. I'm like, yeah, here we go. And then we started like healing over. I was like, holy cow. Okay, well, this is it. We're 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 building up to the near gale. Let's do this. And uh, so I took down the 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 jib. I've got just a staysail in the main. I've got the storm jib ready, so that you know as these winds build up and build up and build up, I can just keep putting reefs in, then take the staysail down, and then because I got to gain all these miles. So I take head down to the bunk, try and take a little napper. Uh, like 30 minutes later, I wake up to the sound of the mainsail slamming. I come up and I'm just like, the wind had had lost like five to seven knots of power, and I'm just looking around like, what in the hell is going on? <laughs> and I'm just like, it's already filled back in a little bit, but for about an hour or two. You know, I'm just looking around like this isn't this isn't right. This isn't what they said. Damn you! It's like the only bad part about having a forecast, like a detailed forecast, is that when it's not what it says it's gonna be, you start to get like kind of angry. Um, but that's one of those frustration levels where, you know, you've got reality on one side, and then you've got your uh. Not re yeah, you've got reality, and then oh shoot, I can't even think of how that how that goes. Your expectations on one side, reality on the other, 
And if those are way out of kilter, like your expectations are way up here and reality's way down here, everything in between is frustration. And uh, that's where I'm living. I'm swimming in it. The water's great. Come on in. Uh, <laughs> it's awful. But we are making way again, uh, slowly but surely. And uh, we're, we're picking up a little speed. I jammed a screwdriver into the side of this handrail, and I haven't heard it pop once. And we've been doing this podcast for 18 minutes. So that is honestly the biggest win of any if I have somehow figured out the exact point to stop that sound from happening. Uh, I don't know. We'll have to sort of see what happens when we put some pressure on this rig later tonight. But. Uh, I guess we will, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get there, but yeah, so we're just about 669 miles away from Beaufort, South Carolina, a little less from just the coast of the United States, and we're just going to keep plugging away. We're going to keep going west, um, and hopefully a little bit of northwest and get this this old beautiful glorious boat back uh stateside so that we can somehow uh procure another arch some new solar panels and uh i don't know who knows if i can get all this done quickly then i can go back out there i kind of have a feeling that's not happening though um <laughs> i just i can't imagine it happening I'm I'm worried about, you know, pulling in and having to go fuel the, the boat up. <laughs> I guess we'll have to see how many t-shirts we sold. Uh, so, in any event, uh, yeah, that's it. That's the December 1st update. We are sailing slowly but surely back to the States. And, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll check back in. Maybe we'll be able to check back in Saturday during this little blow. If uh, if not, then it'll be Sunday afterwards, and uh, you know, hopefully, I'll be able to describe the scene very thoroughly. But other than that, thanks for listening, and uh, we will have more updates coming soon. Good morning. Whoa. <laughs> oh, geez. Well, here we are, mighty sparrow. December 4th, the morning of, just after 6 a.m., having some coffee with a little crack and rum in it. Mmm. It's okay. I'm basically switching day for night these, uh, while I try and, uh, make it back to the coast, so. For me, it's actually, like, cocktail hour. Because I've been up all night sailing under a beautiful, beautiful, almost full moon on a calm sea. And it, you know, I looked and there's, there are, there's, there's like swaths of pretty strong little currents around, which inevitably is why the previous 36 hour gale that I was in was extremely scary uh, because the breaking waves again were, you know, nothing, it was nothing like what we went through in the Gulf Stream, but. It got pretty hairy. Um, the, you know, the actual breaking part of a lot of these waves, it was huge. And, you know, they're the ones that now I realize can cause a significant amount of damage to the boat and uh, 
Yeah, so <laughs> pretty scary. And it was 36 hours, so it kicked on. And I have actually, I had my GoPro. I have a little video of this. You can't see anything because it's night. Always comes on at night. Why is that? Why is that? <sighs> I think it's just to make it more thrilling, I suppose. But in any event, this, uh, so not last night, but the night before. So this would have been the 2nd of December. The daytime, it was awesome, super calm. Uh, we were just sailing. It would have been nice if we had a little more wind because there was still some swell. Uh, but we're, it was forecast to come in and start blowing, you know, 30 knots, gusting to 35 at uh, like 11.30, midnight, something like that. And at 6, just after sunset, uh, all of a sudden this rain squall comes through. And it's like, whoa, holy cow, all right, I guess this is it. We're 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 in it. And I grab my camera because the rain goes through, then it stops raining, and there really isn't any wind, but I can hear the wind line coming. I can hear all the waves breaking and off in the distance, but there's no wind. So I quick like grab it, turn it on. I'm like, I know you guys can't see this, but just listen, the wind line is coming. And then within just two seconds, it's like, <laughs> and just starts blowing. And I was already set up uh, for Hove 2, because um, that was sort of the game plan, is see how strong it was going to be. If if it was all right and comfortable, I was going to hang hang out up there and uh, wait until, wait for about 24 hours uh, until the wind started shifting more out of the east, and then I was gonna go and uh, and just barrel barrel back to the coast. The winds were a lot stronger than I realized, uh, or I thought they were gonna be, or they were forecasted to be. And you know, after 30 minutes of of just I don't know, just being hove to, and I'm sort of like, yeah, well, it's kind of going in the right direction, and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, I just mentally I was sort of like over it. I'm like, nah, let's 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 sail, let's sail, let's go, let's rip. And uh, so, <laughs> and you know, this is like I think in some ways this is kind of a cautionary tale. This story, uh, this whole adventure, I guess, because a lot of it's just like, I, you know, I think I can make it, or you know what, let's just go for it. And and then I I end up in these situations where I'm sort of standing there watching these waves that have built up and everything going on and i'm sort of terrified <laughs> and i keep i do say to myself out loud like oh, we find ourselves in this situation again now don't we captain uh but in any event what is clicking over here we're getting we've got a little little bit of a puff coming uh or a little bit more wind so all of a sudden we're, we're, we've got full mainsail with a nice big belly. We've got the staysail uh, fully fully flattened out uh, as far as the twist. And then we've got the drifter up as well. So we are, and we're headed sort of upwind-ish. So we are we are powered up as, as best as humanly possible. The only trouble with this sort of sail configuration is that if 
if the wind goes from say five knots, which is what it was, to eight knots, all of a sudden you're like powered up because there's a lot of canvas up there compared to the size of the boat. So, so I gotta, you know, I may have to run off or whatever for a hot second, but I think we're we're pretty good. I'm just gonna, just gonna, just gonna check real. All right, yeah, no, we're good. Sorry, we're also we're essentially playing leapfrog, you know, since we lost to the AIS and stuff. Uh, yeah, it's, it's the world's largest game of, uh, Frogger at this point, trying to snake my way through all these giants and, you know, that was kind of the, it's kind of, you know, they didn't call me back on that ship and I really, they were in a great position to tell me whether or not they could pick me up on the radar and then also just confidentially, I wanted to ask them back, do you guys even look at the radar anymore or is it just... AIS, 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 like that's all you worry about. But in any event, uh, oh, back to the story. So wind kicks on just after sunset two days ago. And, you know, it's awesome. All right. Uh, I'm able to peel away and run pretty much on a super deep, broad reach. And I'm headed almost in the exact right direction. I'm headed pretty much to the uh, to the west. I'd like to go a little bit west-northwest, but I'll take west. Hey, give it to me. And uh, through that first night, all is is you know it's it's sort of like ah yeah this is this is pretty heavy. I'm down to just the third reef in the mainsail. Uh, I've got the storm jib lashed up forward. Not gonna, you know, just in case in case it gets really hairy. But uh, yeah, and we're just we're just cruising. Hold on. Ugh. What's clicking over there? But man, it was killing me. Ah, uh, so we're we're just ripping, just. Doing what Sparrow does, loving it, and we're surfing waves, uh, but it's all totally in control. And then I get up in the morning, I was able to get a little bit of sleep right around from from about from about nine o'clock till eleven or twelve. I was able to sleep the first night, and then I start. We took one hit from a wave, nothing crazy. It was just, you know, sort of like a warning shot. And then I'm, I'm up on deck and I'm kind of looking and, and you know, the moon's out so I can see, and we're starting to see some of these big breakers. Like, you know, the seas aren't that big at this point, you know, maybe 10, 10, 12 feet, something like that. But every once in a while, there's these breakers that are on top of it that are tumbling down in front of these waves. And then one after another after another in like this series. And I, you know, I'm kind of thinking to myself, geez, am I, am I stuck in some sort of current again? Like, this is insane. This is not normal wave pattern behavior. Normally, they break. Like, when you get a certain wind speed, say 20, 30 knots, then the the wave basically you'll get, as the waves build up and build up, they start to break, but it breaks and falls 
behind the wave, not in front of it. So it breaks at the top and then the rest of the wave continues on and it just sort of fizzles. Then you've got the waves that break in front of the wave and the force and movement of the wave continues its tumbling. So it's like rolling and moving forward. And sometimes these things are creating a patch of white streak in the water like 200 feet long i mean they're breaking for like 12 15 seconds and i'm just thinking to myself what in the hell's going on here because this is not that windy sustained maybe 28 to 32 or something gusts a little higher but that's not huge breaker uh <laughs> and not even huge i guess but just the way they were breaking and the aggressive behavior of it. Um, and it's not every single wave that was like this. But there were enough of them and they were around pretty much the whole time where I was sort of like, Oof, oh, gosh, geez, that's a big one. Or holy cow, that was close. Um, that sort of thing. And I just sort of stood vigil, uh, <laughs> so to speak, standing on the companionway stairs. Just out of the hatch, be able to just duck down below real quick and close it if we get hit. And um, Mongo just ripping, just ripping. And Sparrow just just obeying the commands. And uh, we just kept going. And as the day went on, the sea started heaping up more and more. I'm looking at the forecast, and I'm I don't know why, but I had it in my head that. It was going to be sort of, you know, easing up throughout the day. No, it wasn't. Not at all. It it was going to continue for that whole day and into the night. Um, <laughs> somehow, I think, you know, when that realization actually hit, then I was sort of like, whoa. My buddy Scott down in, in South Carolina was like, nah, you got about 24 plus more hours of this. And I'm like, what? Oh, no. Because, <laughs> you know, I'm looking at it now as just a, you know, it's a roll of the dice. Am I going to get hit by another big wave and, and tossed over or uh, what's going to happen? So uh, we go through that whole day. It's beautiful. I mean, it's sunny. The waves are, are really nice. They're not huge, huge, but every once in a while you get a big like 15 to 20 foot swell that rolls through, just like a set. Uh, it was really absolutely marvelous, and I, I definitely filmed some, but uh, uh, I'm just standing there, and hour after hour after hour goes by, and after 24 hours, and I pretty much haven't moved from this position at all. I haven't slept, uh, or no, 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 I haven't, not 24 hours, um, <sighs> da, 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 da. like 18 hours i go and uh it starts getting dark again <laughs> i'm like oh my god this is gonna be a long night and it definitely like conditions just stayed the way they were it seemed to taper off just a bit just a bit wind wise that i was sort of like okay we we might make it through this night. I might be able to get a little sleep because uh, I was like literally losing it as far as my ability to see things and focus on things. I mean, if I had to do something, 
I, I don't know. I don't know exactly what I would have been capable of doing. Uh, but I do know that every time a big breaker would get really close or something like that, because, again, at night, now it's it's illuminated by the moon, but I can't see them coming. You know, normally you look at these waves, and if it has a straight face, you're like, oh, this is going to be a big one. Uh, I don't see that anymore. I only get to listen to the whitewater crashing. And then I'm like, whoa, here we go. Uh, but the adrenaline spikes. And then all of a sudden I'm like hyper-focused again, <laughs> which was kind of kind of interesting to spike up and down, up and down like that. In any event, that night, as things eased off a little, which I was super thankful for, two things started coming and happening. We had what I called the big heavies, which were big breaking waves um just the breaking part not not the wave itself uh just a big rolling thunderous you know rolling in front of if they hit you it's going to be a pretty ugly scene impact uh those waves and then we had the crouching tiger hidden wave <laughs> that's what i called them and these were coming straight out of the north you wouldn't see them you couldn't feel them but Every once in a while, it was almost as if the ocean was just spitting like one big loogie, right? And it would just be like spraying the cockpit. I got hit by one, uh, and it was enough water where it actually like hurt. It hit me uh, in the face. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, what is this? And then, so every once in a while, and it was, it had no, these waves had, have no force behind them. Uh, they're not dangerous, they're just really annoying. But just every once in a while, all of a sudden you'd just you'd you'd hear it, feel it, and be like, "What the? What is that?" It's it was so fast. It's like, Pew! that's why I called them crouching crouching tiger hidden wave. <laughs> but so I'm dealing with those those two things. Plus I'm I'm not quite so tired that I'm hallucinating, but I'm close. And essentially, when I would look at things, if if I let my eyes sort of unfocus a little, you know the the stick figure people that they make for uh you know men's room and and bathrooms and stuff like that it's that or or the handicap signal or whatever you know that generic sort of thing it was those shapes, but totally translucent, and it was two of them, a man and a woman, and they're dancing like grooving, and that would be I couldn't. You know, I could see through it, so I could still see like if I was looking at the at Mongo, but I could tell it was there. And so I was starting to see a little bit of weirdness. And when I closed my eyes, I would see these very colorful images of I I don't even know. It was crazy. But in any event, uh, I just you know every time I'd be like, okay, it's been about a half an hour since the last big heavy. Um, I think I can go down and maybe get get a little sleep. The moment I would utter that, one of these waves would roll by up in the distance. And I'm like, ah, because now I've sort of got it figured out that, yes, I'm in like a counter current. The current is going against these waves, which is allowing them to break in this in this manner, at least as far as I can understand it. Um, but so the one thing I know about when you're in those situations is once you get out of the current, then things 
stop doing that because it's the actual it's the fact that water's going against it um and i just kept thinking wow i, I can't wait until i'm out of this current it's going to be fantastic but i you know i, I don't want to take out all my stuff to try and do a download of the weather or anything like that it just wasn't happening so through the night we just go and go and go and then it gets light and i'm just every time it'd be like 4 a.m finally it would hit that big woohoo 4 a.m another hour and i'm trying to like keep morale high and everything and uh by by sunrise it definitely had eased up and i could see the waves so i wasn't so intimidated by them uh the big heavies had sort of not ceased but they had chalked way down in size and uh crouching tiger hidden waves those were pretty much gone uh, so it was um it was crazy but i was i was so exhausted i had been basically standing in the companion way for almost 36 hours at that point and uh no sleep and just a zombie absolute zombie and uh luckily the winds held on it didn't didn't totally die off on us um so to get through the slop and chop just had the triple reef main and put the storm jib up was able to sort of go a little more on a broad reach um to keep sort of to heat things up as they say and Went down, crashed for about one hour was all it took. I got one hour of sleep and I bounced back up and was like, oh my gosh, we made it through. <laughs> and I had just had this overwhelming happiness and enlightenment and all that stuff. But I was also like a bag of nerves. Um, I just, I'm looking out and it's still rough, but it's not dangerous. The breaking waves really aren't, you know, it's, it's tapered off. And so there's this feeling of, uh, just happiness. You're like, so we made it through. Oh my gosh. But it still really sucks out here and I can't wait until it's calm. And I'm just, uh, I remember I, I was thinking, boy, you know, when I get back, finally make it in, I'm going to fly the flags. When people ask, I'm going to tell them these flags are here because I made it and I'm alive still. And I literally lost it. Tears, everything just broke down. And I don't even know why. I mean, well, I know why because the stress was gone finally. All the, the spikes in adrenaline, all the stuff. I just was, uh, I was just a bag of emotions for, I don't know, a good hour or two of just trying to, I don't know, just be thankful. And also, also, I think I was thinking about the whole entire trip as well, because with the forecast, the new forecast, I think we're pretty much uh, knock on wood. We're, we're not gonna, we're not gonna see any more <laughs> heavy weather. We're going to hopefully get, we're going to slide into Buford and that's, that's it. It's small waves for old Sparrow and J Rome from now on. Um, And knowing that is sort of, pretty uh it, at the time it was overwhelming to say the least so all right i gotta real quick gotta go do a uh, a boat uh scope a quick lookout all clear on the horizon the winds are definitely getting pretty calm though so i'm hoping we won't have to motor but actually it doesn't even matter because i i kind of have to run the engine uh pretty much every day 
just for a little while to top the batteries up. Um, obviously. Anyway, uh, so I'm bag of emotions, all that sort of stuff into the morning and have a couple of cocktails and uh just i'm just excited i'm glad to be alive i'm glad i mean not that i think it was super life-threatening this last one but it was just it was a lot of stress for a very long time and not sleeping and i don't know you know when i look astern now and there's all this damage and there's the missing stuff and it's just different so in any event, as the day goes on, things start to ease up a little more. And by about 3 o'clock, I think, something like that, I hit the sack. And I am asleep for hours. I don't, I want to say like four hours. Get up. And uh, the winds have really eased off. And the sea's just flat. They just... It, all the swell just gone pretty much and uh i've just gotten all the sleep and i'm just you know at first i was like man you know what i think i should just go back to sleep and get more sleep and then i thought about it for a second i was thinking wow we've made it but now we've got to make it in we've got to get there because we were going a little slow still only had uh, I had like a reef or two in the main and we had the staysail up, just did that before I went to bed. Uh, so it wasn't, we weren't charging, the winds were light and I, I, I lay back down and I'm sort of like, yeah, uh, let me just get some more sleep. That's the most important thing, which is really the wrong thing. Um, there's, there's times where that is the most important thing, but you know, the boat comes first. If it takes you 30 minutes to do some big sail changes, then hey, you take those 30 minutes, you do those things, you go back to sleep. Learn that from uh, Sir Robin Knox Johnson. But he didn't like sit down and tell me that. That'd be pretty cool. Uh, he talks about it in an interview. But in any event, uh, <laughs> so I'm like, oh, you know, the boat's a mess. It stinks. It's been closed up for days. Uh, I need to run the engine. I couldn't get it started earlier that day, and I didn't want to just drain the whole thing. Um, it was still pretty rough, too, and I was like, eh, this probably just isn't the best time. And, um, yeah, I just sort of got up and, and did a reality check of like, all right, hey, let's we, we got a 450 miles. It's only a couple of days if we charge hard. Let's clean it up. And uh, so that's exactly what I did. I got up. And I got energized and cleaned the boat, ran the engine, got the engine fired up, which is always kind of tricky after, because I hadn't run it for two days during that gale. And when it's, when we're getting tossed around that much, you know, I don't blame the engine for, it'll fire up and then it sputters out after about 30 seconds. And then I just bleed the injectors, all that sort of stuff. Any event, um... Yeah, did big sail change, so we were we were moving again, and uh, yeah, I don't know. It's one of those things. Now I look around, and the boat's clean. I'm clean. I took a shower, all that stuff. I cooked a big hash brown. I still haven't made breakfast yet today. I'm still drinking coffee, which is delicious. Um, but yeah, wrote in the journal, filled up the log, all that stuff. So now I'm feeling, you know, back into sailing mode. I'm going to enjoy 
ducking and dodging large ships. <laughs> Next couple of days, but yeah, like I said, good good weather forecast. So let's enjoy this last little chunk of sail before we hit the river. And oh man, if we are lucky, we will have a nice solid easterly wind and be able to sail up the river instead of motoring for 20 miles like a moron i want to be able to sail because it's pretty much due north and if i got an easterly and i can reach all the way up that river i will be so happy oh man so other than that uh i'm gonna i'm gonna make some breakfast uh i'm just not from last two days but from the whole trip so far i'm just so darn i'm so darn happy to be alive and uh and not broken in any way shape or form except maybe mentally <laughs> oh geez now i'm gonna uh, make some breakfast scope a scene and then probably start taking some cat naps that's the plan do like a little 30 30 minutes an hour hour long sleeps uh, i'm trying to do that most of the day and then uh as we get to sunset, stay up throughout the night and sail with the moon and uh, ooh, all that. So thanks for listening. Hopefully we'll get another one of these pods in before I get back. But if not, uh, it's been fun doing these out at sea. I really was hoping to have a ton more and some offshore gold and all that sort of stuff. But just wasn't that type of trip, I guess. and. You know, I was asked by one of my buddies yesterday if I was just going to head back out. And I said, yeah, as long as you, uh, <laughs> if you could send me five grand and then do all the repairs, <laughs> I, can, I can go right, right back out. I don't think he realized the extent of, uh, what's actually what we lost on this boat. But, um, yeah, I mean, if I could. I would really quickly do a turnaround and head right back out, but it's going to take a while to fix. And, um, I don't know. I've been doing a lot of thinking about these, these voyages, you know, this is the third one that's sort of been waylaid, uh, by different circumstances. And I think part of the problem, and I'm going to get into this probably on a different podcast, but part of the problem is, is that I'm doing these things on such a small budget. Um, I'm working pretty much full time plus other stuff while I'm trying to prep the boat. There's just, I, I'm, I'm half assing preparations for these sort of adventures and I'm paying the price. Um, you know, it's not that I'm not putting the effort in. It's that I just don't have the time because there's so much other stuff that I have to keep doing. But like the fact that I don't have new sales uh, and I'm setting out on these sort of trips is ridiculous. I mean, no offense to these sales because they are absolutely bulletproof. They're insane, but they've got 70 plus thousand miles on them and they're old. Uh, they're they're and they're heavy and they're not the proper type of sales that I actually need. And I don't know. It's just one of those things where, and like I said, we're going to get into it on a different podcast, but I've been doing a lot of thinking about the future of voyaging uh, on on Sparrow and uh, out into the oceans and all that sort of stuff as far as 
how I want to do that in the future compared to how I've done it for the last three trips. Uh, that, that is for sure. So in any event, well, that's like a serious note at the end. <laughs> Have a great day, everybody. And yeah, more updates to come. Thanks for listening.